Spawnerly is the premier podcast spotlighting people of color. Every week, we talk news, what we've been playing, and tell you who's invited to the cookout. Our show is all about talking about gaming through a prism of blackness because we are the culture. Welcome to Bukaka, y'all. What's good, Bracago? This is the Spawn on Me podcast. I'm your host, Khalif Adams. What up, what up, what up? I hope you are all doing well. I hope you're all distancing. I hope you're wearing your masks. I hope you're doing all the wonderful things to keep Rona out of your life. I hope you're all having a wonderful, wonderful day. And uh, I'm really excited to be rocking with y'all because uh, I missed you all. I did not get a chance to stream the show uh, for good reasons. Uh, many because we had a show takeover this week with our homie, Janae Benet uh, hosting a women of the FGC conversation on our channel. So thank you to Janae for holding it down, for bringing the fire and for having so many wonderful guests on the show, rocking with us as well. It was a great conversation. That information and that uh, audio and video are going to be up on the feeds uh, during this week as well. So make sure you check out that. Uh, so we have more goodness for you rocking here. Um, but today, is all about the Xbox. Last week, uh, we had the first glimpse at everything that was going on in the world of Microsoft and Xbox with their first party title showcase. It was something that we've all been waiting for since we got a chance to see the first announcement of the console. I was really looking forward to this because, you know, again, we're still, you know, a little bit of ways away from where we're gonna wind up being in terms of next gen. Uh, dropping in the fall with with all the gear happening and all the um, all the equipment and all the new consoles and all the boxes are going to be coming out soon. But I still think that there is a fair amount of, um, you know, people are still trying to figure out like what's this going to wind up being in this next part of the next part of the ecosystem in this next generation of games. And I am one of those people as well. I am really excited for the prospect of getting new consoles and getting new gear and having these new experiences and all this kind of stuff. And Xbox has now you know, a couple months prior showing us what the box is going to look like. And now we have a good idea of kind of what the, at least the first bunch of games are going to be looking like when they come out of the numerous studios in their first party, uh, first party studios uh, lineup. So, um, got up really early, turned the stream on, checked out everything, was watching and kind of bouncing across a whole bunch of streams, uh, to check out different, uh, parts of people kind of checking it out and giving coverage. Massive shout out to the fam Paris Lily for doing the pre and post game show over at IGN again, big things for my fam Paris. Like again, it's wonderful to see you cooking it out there and making it happen, not cooking. Cause we don't want you to do that, but massive lots of love to you, uh, for, for, for rocking with the folks over at IGN again, uh, with more coverage. And I have to say, I came away with a lot of different thoughts about what we're going to wind up getting in this whole mix of things. Um, one thing that we wanted to figure out, of course, was where they're going to show Halo Infinite. Uh, were there going to be any surprises in the, in the mix? You know, which games are going to be the ones that everyone was going to be talking about and really excited for. And also what was going to be the kind of timber of the conversation, not only from the folks directly in the Xbox showcase and the studios that were going to be profiled there, but you know, of course, this is the best part about the internet, the scuttlebutt that happens before, middle, during, and afterward. Uh, and I think that was a really interesting space to be able to kind of like ingest all that while trying to figure out your own feelings for things. So this week, I'm just gonna go over a couple of thoughts about each one of the games that I really thought was impressive or interesting or, you know, uh, sentiments that were happening within that conversation. And then right after that, we have an exclusive interview with Aaron Greenberg, head of Xbox marketing as well, uh, to talk about, you know, his conversations from that day as well. And, and we, we got him right after the conferences were happening. Uh, so it's raw emotions in, in terms of the conversations there. Uh, and, and Aaron of course is, is brilliant and fantastic. And again, thank you to he and to the Xbox team. Uh, for giving us access to him to talk to him about all the stuff that we got a chance to see. Uh, so that is a great thing. So please remember to stick around for that. That's going to be at the, the later half of the show uh, for sure. So let's just jump right all into it. Uh, this is kind of going to go in the, the order of my kind of excitement for the stuff that I got a chance to see, which 
um, again, there were lots of different games during the conference. There was some that got shown a little bit before the conference even started, like Hello Neighbor 2 and some other titles that were there. But I think the ones that I plucked out are the ones that they showed the most of, the ones that had the kind of biggest impact and really give you the, um, the idea around, you know, what we're going to kind of see in terms of the conversation that's happening there. So there was one game in particular that I thought as soon as it jumped out on screen, I was really excited about what was the visuals on this thing. I thought it was brilliant. I think it was gorgeous. I thought it was beautiful. Um, the game is called as dust falls. Um, and it, and it, and it felt like it felt like, you know, one of those don't nod kind of games where you have this, this story about this couple and you have this, this really interesting, uh, this interesting mix of all the, the, the kind of feelings that you have with an interactive drama, you know, they talked about, it has this kind of like painterly stop, not even stop motion. It's just like this really interesting hybrid of lots of different art styles. And what I was really excited about one, the, the, the main, uh, story, uh, protagonists, I guess, in a story like this look to be an interracial couple, which I thought was interesting because that is something that you don't see often. Um, and then found out later that the folks who were behind this game were some former Quantic dream folks, which also adds another layer to the conversation as well, because that's, that's going to be something that's going to get people, you know, for good and for bad in a, in a interesting space to be able to talk about, you know, whether they nail this in a way because of the folks that are going to be in that game. So that's another conversation there. Um, but, it, but it's one of those, one of those games where you have this, this, uh, narrator kind of talking, you can tell us the, the, the small black child who's having these conversations and thinking about and trying to figure out, you know, what happened to her, uh, or what happened to her family. Um, and it looks like the conversation is one in which this other family that seems to be white tracks them down has an argument, has a confrontation and something happens to that interracial family where it looks like they are being held hostage. Um, and something probably bad happens to them. Uh, and the child in the, in the trailer looks to go speak to those folks years later after she's become grown, super cool in terms of what they're trying to figure out in, in context there. Um, I, I, I love, again, the art style looks gorgeous. I really excited about the potential story there. Uh, because I don't think that they, you know, people don't really delve into those kinds of coming of age stories in that way, which I think is pretty brilliant. And I'm actually really hyped for what they possibly may do with that story. So, uh, as dust falls, that's definitely on my high list of things during the show that I think was, um, really well done and, and pretty brilliant. So that is one for sure. Um, so the other game that I thought was really dope in terms of giving you something that looked a little bit different, um, not only visually, but in, in kind of like what they're trying to portray in terms of gameplay too. So the, the other game is the medium and the medium looked really cool. Um, it looks cool because one of the, the, the main, uh, catch there for that game is that you're, pl you're playing in two different worlds at the same time which as a concept is really interesting because usually what that happens in games is that you'll bounce between different settings uh, because you'll either go into a flashback moment or you'll go into the future. You'll go, you'll do this time displacement thing where you will go find another thing to, to do while you're in the space at the same time. But this game looks like you're literally in the same space with two timelines happening at the same time that you can bounce between to fix and figure out puzzles, which I love puzzle games. I think they're fantastic. I'm always hyped about things like that because I think that they're just fun. And I, you know, being able to use your brain in that way is great. But having this kind of horror based psychological thriller where you're having that jump between the two worlds. And, it, and, and I don't remember if it was like a play on, you know, that person having some kind of psychosis or, you know, having some kind of uh, problems or you know, some, 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 she's her being haunted or something to that effect. But I, but I really loved the way that they talked about playing around with time and playing around with space and playing around with the setting of a place, because you are literally in those two places. One of the things that I did see after the, the press conference was 
talking, the devs talked about them only really being able to do this because of the hardware in the Xbox Series X, which I thought was again, a, a, a part of the conversation and the narrative around how you want this to be shared because this information again is like, who's going to spend their 500, $600, whatever the price of the console is going to wind up being. And they have an expectation for there to be a different quality. They have an expectation for there to be some new gameplay things that you couldn't do before because of the hardware limitations. And I think, you know, one of the things that we talked about with Aaron Greenberg, and you'll hear about it later in the show is, you know, the expectation of what games are supposed to be going into next gen, as opposed to not necessarily what we're going to get, but there's always a ramp up, right? There is always a couple of first party games that kind of, you know, not first party games, but like first games out of the box that don't necessarily utilize the systems or the power of the consoles in the first go round. Like we all see what happened with Ghost of Tsushima and Ghost, I mean, and Last of Us 2, two games that probably would have looked very, very different in the beginning of the life cycle, as opposed to where they wound up in the end of the life cycle, uh, where you get all the juice out of the, the hardware that you possibly can. Um, so what games they kind of showcase now are going to be really telling. And we'll have that conversation for sure when it comes to Halo Infinite in a, in a couple of minutes or so. But I think the medium from what they showed was pretty cool. Like, I think that they left me wanting to see more. They left me wanting to try to figure out like, what's the story about? And what is the setting going to be about? And, and how are these characters going to interact? And what does it mean to be in two time spaces at the same time while I'm playing the game? Um, so haunt, uh, the, the, the medium was pretty cool. Like I, I, I am actually fairly excited for what that game is supposed to be, uh, coming down the light, coming down the line. I do want to see what the gameplay parts are going to be for that game. I think that that's going to be really interesting for sure. Um, and, uh, you know, once we get a chance to hear more about that, uh, that'll be really dependent on, you know, whether I'm like all, all hands in on that one to see if that's going to be you know, what I'm thinking it is anything that gives me silent hill vibes. I'm automatically down for that. So, uh, anything in that vein is, is definitely good. So the medium definitely going to check that out at some point as well. Um, a really brilliant, uh, trailer actually that came out was one from the folks over at double fine massive love to Tim Schaefer, uh, who we're going to definitely try to get back on the show soon. Uh, once psychonauts, uh, is out into the world psychonauts to was shown and it looked really, really good. It looked super fun. They had this really dope behind the scenes of Jack Black going through the process of singing the song uh, for uh, the trailer and for, I'm guessing, you know, he's gonna be singing a lot of stuff that's in the game. Um, I'm a person who did not get a chance to play Psychonauts 1. I never played it. Um, So I am not as familiar with the IP and and with that game that most most folks are, but I do think this with all the things that are mixed up into that conversation, make me really want to check this out again, like double fine in my, in my mind, doesn't miss like they are like Annapurna gorilla, uh, double fine, uh, nether realm, like those studios, if you say that they're, you're about to put out a game, I am more than likely going to come check out your game because the pedigree that they have is just brilliant. Um, so I love this kind of like psychedelic. It, it definitely felt like somebody was on some really good weed when they did the, when they made this trailer. Like I'm not even gonna front on that at all. Like they had the best they had the best Chiba Chiba <laughs> that you could find when they put this trailer together because it just had that feeling of just like these psychedelic colors and this 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 like Jack Black song that just felt super vibey and it was like Woodstock and, and all these other cool things all at once. It was, it was cool. Like I, I want games to not be afraid to be pretty and not be afraid to be whimsical and not be afraid to dig into super weird stuff. Like I miss games that were just weird for the sake of being weird. Um, and Psychonauts 2 feels like it's definitely treading back into that space in a way that is going to look infinitely more gorgeous because it's going to be on the new hardware. And, you know, again, that team with the ingenuity and and the brilliance that they have within the space, like they're going to kill it, uh, when it comes to psychonauts to being a thing. So, um, super hyped about that. That's going to be really cool. 
uh it's gonna be fun to see what they do with the gameplay aspects of that thing um and again like the visuals are just gonna pop off the screen like you know we're looking at them if you're looking at the video version of the show right now we're showing the trailer and it's just stunningly gorgeous it's just beautiful everything that pops off the screen um in this like really technicolor way which is again stuff that i love i i am i am a nerd for pretty pretty bright things uh so once you do that i'm super excited so expect more information about psychonauts 2 coming out soon um definitely going to see if we can again get tim schaefer back on the show we had him on during e3 so uh, to have him rock with us again would be fantastic to talk about Psychonauts 2. So keep an eye out for that. Excuse me. Um, one game that came out that actually I wasn't have I didn't have an expectation because no one knew about this particular game during the show. Like there were rumors about some games that kind of came out. Um, and you know, one of the big acquisitions that Microsoft picked up was the folks over at uh, uh, Obsidian. Um, so most folks know that the game that they were going to be putting out was grounded, uh, which is this kind of like honey. I shrunk the kids game. It's like a honey. I shrunk the kids plus a survival game, uh, which looks really cool. And, and, and I'm super excited to play that. Cause it's going to be coming out on game pass pretty soon. Um, I think probably next week or maybe even this week, uh, the, that the show is dropping it might be coming out this week. Yeah. Probably this week, I think, um, so Obsidian, again, like masters of, of all the first person RPG games that we ever saw, um, they dropped a trailer too for a game called Avowed, which, yo, as soon as you start throwing like spells out of your hands kind of stuff, I'm already in like th- throw, I'm like throwing my wallet at the screen. You know what I mean? Like I, cause I am a person who, again, is still waiting for a new Skyrim. Please stop putting Skyrim out on different platforms. If you put Skyrim out on PS5 and Xbox Series X, I'm going to be mad at you. But if you give me a new Skyrim, I'll be super excited about that. Or if you give me a game like Avowed, I'll be super excited about that. So again, please stop putting that game out on Master- <laughs> on everything else for the seventh time. Um, but we got a chance to see, you know, what I think was, you know, again, this, this is probably all CGI. I doubt that this was in game at all but our first look at what could possibly be a first person RPG dungeon crawler kind of game. I am always going to be down for something like that. Like you give me that world. I am totally down for it. I want to play that stuff. I want to be in there leveling up my character, getting cool weapons, getting cool spells. Like that to me is always my jam. Like I, it's weird because I am not a big fan of, of uh, fantasy stuff in that way. But like when you put in a game setting, I eat that stuff up. Like that's stuff that I want all the time. Uh, and I want to be able to play more of that. So that trailer looked fantastic. And that was, that was gorgeous and beautiful. And like, lets me know that obsidian is really on some stuff right now. Like they, they have some goods that I'm really excited to see when it actually pops on the screen and actually get it done. Um, the game that I thought was the most uh, uh, um, the most intriguing and gave me the most like excitement uh, was the game from Rare called Everwild. So this thing, when it popped on screen, I was like, "What is this?" Because I, because I'll be honest, like Rare at this point, you know, they were like, "Hey, we made the we made Fable and the Avatars on the Xbox 360," like. I kind of lost my, my hype for, for, for rare for a bit. And this got me back on board with rare. Uh, so this plus I'm sure, you know, again, fable two got announced as well. Spoilers. Uh, but the art style on this game is just stupid. It's just dumb. It looks so good. It looks unreasonably good. I don't know what is going to come out of this game. I don't even know what this game is supposed to be. A lot of people, when they talked about it on, on the stream afterwards or in the, the press later, Supposedly, Rare doesn't even know what this game is going to be yet because they're still trying to figure out what the game is supposed to be. But I will say that with all that said, I, I, I just I'm just so excited about the prospect of what this thing is going to wind up being. Um, it just evokes so many cool emotions about what this thing could possibly be like. 
like I, I like I am not excited about more open world games, but the way that this game looks, I would love for this thing to be open world. Like I would love for this thing to be a thing where I just walk into some weird gully and then there's this magical reindeer or some magical frog that spits out other fish and does all this weird stuff that you saw in the trailer. That's not me being on drugs and saying things that just popping into my head. <laughs> but I think it just lends to this idea of, you know, these fantastical worlds that we haven't seen yet, that we haven't embodied yet, that we haven't actually been in that we could make amazingly pretty and really insightful and really gorgeous and, you know, be this thing where we get to have some new experiences. Like I'm, 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 I'm not going to say I'm tired of the same ones that we always have, but it is very different to get into something new and to say like, wow, this thing is like literally brand new. We haven't seen anything like this before. Um, so for as, as little information as we have on Everwild, I am weirdly more hyped about that than the next game we're going to talk, talk about, uh, which is Halo Infinite. Uh, and mind you, I'm really hyped for Halo Infinite. I, I, I think like we'll get into that, to that main part of the discussion once, once you throw it up on screen and, and talk about it. But I think when I think of next gen, I think of two things. I think of really pretty and really big, right? Um, really pretty usually comes at the cost of really big, right? There hasn't been a lot of games yet on either, either console that I've seen that has mashed up pretty, really pretty and really big yet. And I don't think we're going to get there in the first iteration of the games that we wind up seeing. I think it's going to wind up taking, you know, the second loop around of, you know, big AAA titles coming out where we finally see the, the horsepower that these consoles can kind of like kick into gear. Um, and, and that being said, you know, who knows where that's going to wind up being, how long that's going to take, which the, 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 the company that nails that first is going to make bank because they will be the ones that are going to drive sales for hardware. And once that happens, that's going to change a lot of the conversation in a real way. So, you know, Everwild looked fantastic. I'm very, very excited about that bad boy. I, I want that in my life um, for sure. Uh, but the, the one that everyone wanted to see uh, that everyone was really excited about actually uh, was that one that just popped up on the screen <laughs> was Halo Infinite. Halo Infinite. I, I am so excited for this game. Like I, I, I think that what they're trying to do with this series and this franchise is really interesting. So let's cut to the chase. Let's cut through all the bullshit and get to the, the nuts and bolts of it. A lot of folks kind of game, like came, came, sorry. A lot of folks came to this conversation having an expectation for Halo Infinite to be the like flagship title for the Xbox Series X. Now it should be because, you know, there are expectations that go along with the Halo franchise and, the, and what that means as an IP to the Microsoft series of consoles, what it means to the brand, what it means to the, you know, the mind share of gamers everywhere in that respect. Like people have an expectation that when you say Halo, everything is supposed to be big and this supposed to be bombast and there's going to be a whole bunch of, um, it has baggage. Basically there's a lot of baggage actually towards the Halo franchise in a lot of different ways, good and bad. Uh, but I think when you think about the toe to toe, franchises between Microsoft and Sony halo is the one for Microsoft that everyone kind of thinks about. And initially when the Halo infinite trailer came up, cause he did about an eight minute trailer, a uh, gameplay trailer. A lot of people were really not excited about the visuals on that game when it got into the actual gameplay sections. Now the cutscenes look fantastic. The characters look amazing. Chief looks dope. Like he has not looked this good since forever. But I think once you get into gameplay stuff, a lot of this, a lot of the, 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 the shaders didn't look right or the textures looked kind of flat or, you know, some of that stuff. So there were conversations about, you know, it not looking as good when it was on stream, um, because it was on stream. Like you just don't get the fidelity that you can from, 
seeing a 4k video directly natively on your your own personal machine or your phone or anything like that like it just doesn't translate as well i thought that for the most part it was a pretty good demo like i think the things that i'm looking for and it's interesting because i am a a big halo fan i'm not an uber halo fan but i'm a big halo fan like i've played all the halos like i've run through all of those spent god knows how many hours in multiplayer and, and all those things so that's where my love lies. Like my love is always about MP. It's always going to be about multiplayer. Like I like the campaign, um, but the campaign is not the thing I come to Halo for anymore. Now with this having a larger open world now, this being an open world game, remind yourself, open world game that translates into different things in my brain where you're going to lose some fidelity because the worlds are going to be bigger. So you're always doing this trade-off between, again, really big and really pretty. Now, I don't mind them going really big. I want them to go really big because it makes that game have a lot of different replay value. It makes that it makes the encounters really different. It makes the, the, the conversation pieces about like how you tackle the thing different as opposed to the normal, very linear version that, that Halo usually gives and lends to itself. Um, so I, I, I was less disappointed than most of the internet who magically automatically was like, yo, Halo's done. Yo, Xbox lost. They didn't show anything that was dope. Halo looks like this and it's not that great. And I was like, first of all, it's still work in progress. Um, second of all, they still have to do some passes on it for sure. Third of all, it's a, it's going to be an open world game. Like the fact that it's going to be open world. I just have a different expectation for that. Like, some somebody put up this weird screenshot of you know a shot of one of the new uh, uh, folks in the one of the new enemies in Halo Infinite against like the Last of Us screenshot, and I was like, "You're an idiot." <laughs> I was like, "That doesn't make any sense." Like, there are two different games, two different kinds of games, and one is a really, really a really tight linear uh, experience that is really more narrative based than anything else. So you need to have that extra layer of emotion and and intimacy with the the way that all those things kind of work. It's not going to be the same thing for a game as big as Halo, as big as Halo Infinite. So it was just a weird comparison that again, the internet likes to do when it's just like everybody fanboys out and they're like, yo, you lost. And I was like, nobody lost because they still have time to do stuff on that game. Um, and again, knowing that the pedigree of 343 and the Halo franchise is mostly around competitive multiplayer. That to me is the thing I'm really excited about. The things I did like from the trailer though, from the walkthrough was all the guns sound dope. Like, you know, my one of my favorite games of all time was Black on the PS2. And because of the sounds of the guns, and I feel like the audio design on Halo Infinite so far already just sounds like it's nuts. Like, I am excited to shoot those weapons. I want to figure out all those classic sounds of like when you're your armor goes down and it comes back up that, that, that classic, that thing is always there. You know what I mean? And it's cool to be able to see that and the grunts and all the stuff and they have their yells and all that kind of stuff. So I, I didn't leave halo infinite feeling as worried as, or like this, I didn't feel worried about it. What I did feel is that three, four, three now has a lot of pressure on them. They had pressure before, but your first showing is the thing that always is the thing that people kind of latch onto. And if you don't meet or surpass that, it makes it a lot harder for people to believe that your game is going to be something else besides what you just shared. Um, so I'm, I'm worried for them because they have a lot to prove. Um, and for a team that already had, I'm sure an amazing amount of pressure put upon them already to like, you know, do well by one of the most iconic figures in gaming this then has to be a lot of extra pressure towards that as well. So I think that that is going to be, you know, something very, very cool to see how they kind of tackle that again, to see how the game winds up looking when we finally get it in our, in our homes on our nice 4k 60 TVs, if you got one. Um, so that's going to be really interesting to see how that winds up playing itself out. Cause I think that's going to be really, really cool as well. Um, one thing that I think is the biggest piece of two pieces of, of, of news coming out of that conference was one, all the games that we showed here and the ones that were in the other parts of the showcase are all going to be a part of game pass. 
Game Pass Ultimate, Game Pass, uh, regular Game Pass, whatever the tiers are, you're going to get those games if you subscribe to that thing. So if you've been subscribing to that thing already and playing cross play, playing cross saves, like all that stuff is going to be there in the mix already. Then you're going to get all these heavy hitter games, not for free because you're paying a subscription, but you've already paid for those things by the time those games wind up coming out through your subscription. That is madness. Like Xbox as on a, as a company talking about like giving you, you know, giving you bang for your buck, like in the conversation around the console wars and who's going to win Sony versus Sony versus Microsoft. I don't see yet. And I still haven't seen from Sony a plan that combats this. I haven't seen anything yet. That is a comparable version of this on the Sony platform that even sniffs what they are giving you from game pass. So until they figure that out, Microsoft is going to be winning in lots of different ways because that whole thing just makes a lot of sense. It's just a very different way to, you know, have that, have those games be delivered to you in a way that not only makes sense, but also feels better as a consumer to be like, oh, well, they got me. I don't have to think about this. I already paid my subscription. As long as my subscription is good, I'm good. Um, So that's the thing that we talked about with Aaron Greenberg as well. Um, Talked about, you know, the ability to be nimble right now and, and try to figure all that stuff out. I think, you know, again, what they're trying to do is something that's really brilliant um, in terms of building out an ecosystem that you don't have to think about. Oh, the other thing that they kind of slipped in there, which was fairly dope, was the conversation around Destiny 2 being on xCloud. Again, like the new stuff that's going to wind up coming out, coming down the line, all that stuff is going to be across basically three ecosystems. So you're going to have it on console, PC, and you're going to have it in a way in the cloud where you can just access that stuff and play it wherever you want on any device that you want. They are playing a very different game than I think most people are, are, are thinking about. And I think that's where people are screwing up this conversation where everyone is like Microsoft versus Sony. These two companies are supposed to be going at it and they making their hardware and blah, 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 blah. While Microsoft is saying, I don't care where you play it. We got you. You can play it on whatever you want and we still have it and it still works and you can throw your controller there and make it work and you can play it wherever you're at. That to me is game changing. That is a philosophy change in a way that I don't think a lot of gamers are even ready for in a real tangible way. Um, and I don't think they understand the value of that yet. Um, until that stuff starts to work. Like I remember VR being that way for me where I didn't understand how cool VR was until I was like intimately engaging with it in a, in a consistent basis. Now people have a taste of what that looks like from a kind of a, uh, ecosystem conversation from Xbox to PC and windows to, to all that stuff. But I don't think that the, the cloud part to me is a thing that if more developers embrace that and make that a part of their plan. We see it happening with Cyberpunk 2077 with GeForce Now saying that they're going to have that day and date. That's new stuff. Like that's new tech in a way that we didn't expect to be able to have during this conference. I mean, during this console cycle. So again, I think the ball is really interestingly in Sony's court to showcase why their ecosystem is going to be different. Um, alongside Microsoft saying, we have some good first party titles. We also have some good, great third party titles, but we're going to deliver you games wherever you want to be delivered to. And that to me is very different. That to me is very exciting. And that to me is where I think they are again, doing something that is unlike anything else that, that we saw. And they probably won't even get credit for it until way later in the cycle, which again, they did a lot of stuff towards the end of the, of this cycle going into next gen that they didn't get credit for. I'm hoping that they wind up getting credit for literally changing the game before we even started the process yet uh, with the game pass, which is a unbelievable bargain um, in lots of ways. So enough of me blathering enough of that conversation for now. I think, um, you know, again, take some time, check out the Aaron Greenberg uh, interview. I think there are some insightful parts in there for sure. Um, 
I think there's actually some really funny stuff in there too that you'll see towards the end of that conversation. But uh, again, you know, check that out. Take everything with a a, a grain of salt because they're still doing stuff. Things are still happening uh, before launch and all those things. And I'm hoping again that um, we'll continue to get great access to the folks over at Microsoft and Sony. Uh, it's been great to be able to, to to snag folks like Aaron to talk about this stuff day and date once they actually have uh, done something like a showcase like this. Uh, and and I'm hoping that we continue to to build on that stuff as well. So I'm going to let you go. I'm going to check out this Aaron Greenberg interview, and we'll be right back after that. What's good, Bracago? Khalif here. We are rocking with the man, the myth, the legend, Aaron Greenberg, who just came off of, I would say, a fairly successful Xbox first-party showcase. Aaron, how are you doing? So happy to have you here back in Bracago with us. Thank you. It's good to be back in Bracago. I am excited to be here. Uh, it's been fun to get the show done, fun that everything works. It seems to be reactions are good. We get to show people the first look at uh, Halo Infinite gameplay. We announced five new titles. We, we had a lot to show today. So it was, it was a big day for the team and, and definitely feeling good. First, congrats to the team because they pulled off, again, a, a flawless, flawless uh, presentation. I thought that everything went really, really well. Um, what were the, you know, post-game conversations from seeing all the, the energy from, from the internet today? Yeah, I think for us, it was really about, like, introducing, like, a really creatively diverse lineup uh, mm. of content uh, led by Halo Infinite. Um, but every game we really wanted to end the show have a purpose for why it was there mm. um so you saw a big focus on our first party studios uh you saw we announced a big partnership with bungie across many many things uh that we're super excited working with them on um and then we had a whole series of third-party titles that are being built to launch uh exclusively first on xbox uh, and then, of course, we closed with um, with Fable. Uh, the wrapper across the whole show is that if you're a Game Pass member, every game you see in the show is included in your subscription. Uh, there's a couple free to play titles, so not, nothing you have to pay for in the show, uh, which is which is something we've never been able to do before. So I would say, you know, that was really really special as well, because um, you know a lot of our fans are Game Pass members, and whether you want Halo Infinite or Fable or you know, any of the titles you see from our third party partners, Stalker 2, et cetera, you'll be able to get those uh, when they launch in your subscription. I mean, we all knew that Halo Infinite was going to be in the showcase and it still brought about like all these emotions because I was like, oh, man, I just the the way that that game usually gets presented in the music and the visuals and all that stuff like that first initial just like blast of, of Master Chief's armor getting put together just nailed it. Can you talk about, you know, just the feelings that you all were having kind of like knowing that this is going to be the start of the show for all the folks who are going to be able to see what the Xbox Series X is going to kind of bring to the table? as this the kind of like uh, front loading part of the, of the conversation for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think for us, this is a really special Halo because it's a spiritual reboot. It's really getting back to being focused on Chief. It's for fans that remember the original Halo Combat Evolved. It has kind of, you know, that feeling of the OG Halo, but modernized in many ways. Um, and for us, we wanted to, one, we wanted to open with Halo. Um, but that experience is about stepping inside the helmet, stepping inside and being Master Chief. And the fact that you play 100% as Chief in this game um, also gets back to kind of the core Halo roots. And so that was the setup of that kind of what we call our step inside piece that then set up the demo, uh, the campaign demo. And I love what the team's doing, you know, having more of an open, expansive world, kind of the Halo take on that. Um, you know, you can you see the vastness of that, the fact that they're building a game that is bigger than both Halo 4 and Halo 5 combined, the fact that they're locking frame rate at 60 frames, you know, just the, tons of innovation happening in this product. But with all that said, it has the magic feels of, you know, what we know and love from Halo uh, with some modernizing with the grappling hook and, you know, with kind of the open, more expansive pieces. So, yeah, I was excited. I think the team did a great job with the demo. It's been good to see the response. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's July. So, you know, even more to come between now and this holiday when the when the game launches. But a good look at a work in progress game. Uh, but I think, you know, a big killer app for us this holiday with the new console launch. 
And I'm, and I'm happy you said that because I think that the, the scuttlebutt is always kind of up and down when it comes to any of these kinds of uh, conferences is because you have expectations that you're trying to meet from an audience that has an expectation for what next gen is supposed to bring them. I think a lot of times, a lot of folks, you know, the, one of the biggest, bigger gripes I saw kind of across the internet when the Halo piece had finished was like, they felt like it didn't necessarily represent what they thought next gen was going to look like from a graphical standpoint, from a fidelity standpoint. And I, and I was curious to hear from you, besides the fact that, you know, my idea of what next gen is not just only from a visual standpoint, but from an expansive standpoint, things are going to get bigger. You're going to have bigger experiences for the folks who, who felt like they were a little bit disappointed or a little bit underwhelmed. What would you say to them about, you know, that idea around what Halo was kind of trying to do with that demo and, and showcase for, for the folks today? Yeah, I think the first thing I have to say is like, it's hard for us to show you the full fidelity of a next gen game experience when you're watching it on a stream. Sure. Um, and so, uh, you know, that's why we wanted to, well, we, you know, we know that we can stream at 60, we streamed at 1080. Uh, that's why we also then put up afterwards a 4k 60 stream. So I'd encourage people to go back and look at it at 4k 60, uh, cause there is a noticeable difference and improvement. 4k makes a big difference. Um, in addition to that, like what you're seeing is a game that is a work in progress. So it's just going to get, and it, you know, the team, we see new builds check in, you know, every week and the, the progress from week to week is, is incredible to see. Um, but I've seen it in 4k. I've seen it in that fidelity. Uh, and I think it's quite, quite stunning. I think, you know, the open and expansive world is pretty cool. The fact that, um, you know, you can go explore all those things. Um, you know, if you have the right equipment and the right, you know, gear to get there. Um, and, but if you also want the classic kind of linear Halo campaign story and experience, you can follow that as well. So I, I love the innovation of what they're doing. Um, visually, that team with the Slipstreams engine, you know, I think when people play it on an Xbox Series X this holiday, um, I think they're going to be blown away. Um, and I thought what they showed today looked great. Um, I would encourage people to watch it in 4K, but just know it's just going to keep get, getting better and better between now and launch. Yeah, and, and that's one of the things that, I was really excited about was the fact that it is going to be this more expansive uh, campaign and it's going to have again multiplayer which is huge for anyone who's a big Halo fan of all those things that are going to wind up being in that game so I, I was I was kind of like tamping it down a little bit on the internet I was like calm down folks like there's so much stuff that still hasn't gotten uh, the ability to be shown or shared yet uh, there's more things coming so so just hold on for a little bit um I think one of the other things that I found really compelling about not only the way that you showcased the games that you had today, but the conversation that you had in terms of this consistent um, uh, a way that you visually kind of shared when things are going to come be coming out and where they're kind of kind of be laying. Like I thought that the idea of just having that smart delivery icon on some of the videos was a great way to tell people that like, hey, if you're still in this this current gen of of ecosystem you're going to be able to play this stuff when the, when the new box comes out. How, how important was that to not only make sure that that messaging was there from that perspective, but to have those conversations as a team to say, like, we're going to be kind of ahead of the curve with this messaging that if you want to play that thing now, you can play it now. And if you want to experience it on the heart on the better hardware, you can do so too. Yeah, I mean, the console industry historically, in order to play games, you had to go buy new hardware. And so our approach has really been player first in these kinds of decisions. So we're going to absolutely build Halo Infinite natively to take full advantage of all the power and performance of Xbox Series X. Um, and, you know, devs always want to optimize and push the high end limits of what they can do on new hardware. Absolutely will do that. But at the same time, we know there's a huge base of fans that own an Xbox One and don't want to feel like they're locked out from being able to play the, net, the new Halo. Um, so we're going to, um, you know, enable people to do that as well. Also give you the PC version with that player centric approach if you want to buy the game you can if you want to subscribe to game pass you get it at launch um, in either of those cases we give you the pc version at no additional cost whenever you decide to upgrade to the next gen if a year from now you decide to two years from now to get an xbox series x we will give you the xbox series x version of that game and all the upgrades at no additional cost so that's really the way we've approached it and really kind of changing the game as we think about the tradition tra transition from one console generation to another you do know that that's madness right 
<laughs> like you do know that from me <laughs> like hearing again like I, I constantly say that xbox game pass is the best is the best deal in gaming right now and it has been from this console generation to what is going to be the next console generation i think that the again nailing that as a as a consumer perk and the thing that you want to kind of continue to do is is fantastic i think that that's really brilliant um one of the things that I did find not confusing, but I wanted some clarification on if you could share is during the show, there was uh, at certain points, there were conversations or at least a, a, a piece of uh, asset that would say console console mm-hmm. launch exclusive. I saw mm-hmm. online, there was a couple of folks who were, who were like, does this mean that as soon as I get my box, like these games will be available? Does that mean that those games will be coming out first on Xbox and then they may be timed exclusives? If you could just give a little bit of clarification on that, I think the folks at home would really appreciate that too. Yeah, absolutely. So we've historically, so obviously we have a set of games that we make for our first party titles that are just exclusive games made for our console. So that's where we invest or our ecosystem, if you will. Um, Then we have titles that developers need in many cases need to go focus on a platform sometimes need funding to actually even make the games to get made uh, and they need to they need a partner that can help them go make those games or make those games happen um, and in exchange for that uh, they launch those games first on a specific system uh, we do this sony does this nintendo does this um, we've always called those console launch exclusives which means that they will launch exclusively first on xbox um, and so we have, you know, funded, sponsored, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, in many cases, these, some of these games would not actually be made if we didn't do this. Um, so that's been our mindset and approach. In a console launch year, we know that can be a little bit confusing for people. Um, so that's why we did when Sarah talked about it, Sarah Bond talked about it um, in her script. She said these games will be launching first you know, be launching first on Xbox or exclusively on Xbox, you know, when they launch or whatever. But you're right. In a console launcher, it can get a little bit confusing, but hopefully that that clarifies it. Um, some of those may be there at launch, some of the, of the console, some of them may not, but they will launch first on Xbox, if that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. I think that, I think that definitely clears that up a bunch. Um, games that I was really excited for when I saw them, because I was just like, all right, I'm sitting there, have my coffee ready, getting ready to get down. And then Everwild shows up on screen. And my God, like, I know that a lot of folks are really excited about Halo. I personally felt like Everwild was the steal of the show. I think that mm-hmm. they did a fantastic job of showing this really beautiful uh, art aesthetic and, and, and this kind of this land that I didn't expect to be able to see. How cool is it to be able to see some of this stuff so early and then just understand it? Like, this is going to be in our this is going to be in our portfolio. This is going to be in our lineup and gamers are going to really go go wild when they see this kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, what Louise and the team at Rare is, is building with Everwild is something really unique and special. It is unlike any other game that's ever been made, and they have such a creative vision. And so we really think about that as like, how do we create like a greenhouse where they can sort of like ideate and create something special, uh, but be protected, you know, um, you know, so we don't have a lot of people coming in and telling them what to do and how to do it. So we want to give them all the creative freedom to create what they, what their full vision is. And Everwild is something truly special. I had the same reaction that you had when I first saw that asset. Um, it's beautiful. It's makes you want to play it, makes you want to go into the world, makes you want to learn more about what is this game. Like it just, it's so intriguing uh, and so interesting and so unique and so like anything else I've ever seen. Um, the appeal of that is, is, is really special um, and rare. That's, you know, what they have a pedigree of creating really special products like that. Um, you know, great, Kudos to them that CFD is just an order of 50 million, 15 million players and wow. you know, continue to that franchise. So, you know, they're, they're, um, they're a really special team. And for me, that's one of my favorite parts of my job is I was there when they first took me through the first pitch for Sea of Thieves uh, and, and same uh, with everyone. Louise and her team, um, you know, we just sat around a room and they kind of took us through the vision and so some of the, the visuals and, and kind of how they're thinking about the world. And and now to start be able to share more and more of that is where things get even more exciting. 
Yeah, I think I think that was something that spoke to me in in real ways. As Dusk Falls was really really cool as a, as a new title that I didn't expect to see uh, have the, have the kind of nuance that it had within that trailer. Um, of course, Forza looked gorgeous. And again, it's like weird because Forza is one of those games that I know usually comes alongside a console launch, but it feels like they're going to be pushing it back a little bit just to give it more time and to and to hold off. Is is that the case? Do we know? Yeah. So for Forza, it's just really reimagining the racing franchise for them and giving them the time to do that. I mean, they have 15 years of experience of building the highest rated best-selling franchise in, in racing. So giving that team an opportunity to go build, you know, reimagine what is the future of motorsport and how do they take advantage of a new generation of hardware? I mean, they were heavily involved in actually the design of the hardware. Huh. Um, and you can see things like adding ray tracing to the Forza Tech engine. And, you know, they're always going to be someone that is a graphical showcase and uh, takes advantage of a lot of the tech uh, in the box. And so, but with that said, they're doing some really exciting stuff. Um, and you're right. It's not this year. It's, it's an early look, but, um, but in the meantime, we have Forza Horizon 4 getting fully optimized for Series X as well so there's no shortage of racing games to play and new stuff coming for forza fans but motorsport is is a big big upgrade and giving teams the time to go do that and fully reimagine what they want to do is also you know a nice benefit to being part of the game studios team yeah i'm not gonna lie horizon is is my jam out of the out of the two right now like horizon is the thing that just keeps bringing me back because it has that that extra sense of life to it that that i love uh Mm -hmm. within that game um, one of the things I felt like didn't necessarily get glossed over during the conference, but I feel like it was such a sweet kind of like, like throw it in there kind of deal when you talked about Destiny 2 uh, coming to the platform. It was really kind of smooth how you all did that, where it was like, oh, yeah, NX, NX Cloud. It's going to be on xCloud. You can play this thing on xCloud. That's awesome, uh, because Cute. I'm a person who is still trying to uh, get into the beta. Wink, wink. Somebody hook me up. Give me into the beta. Anyway, whenever it comes <laughs> on iOS, whenever that happens. Anyway, but I think from a standpoint, again, of like the way you're all positioning yourselves for current and next gen and future, that part of that conversation is going to be something that's going to be really interesting to hear how you all position that, how you, again, add that stuff to things like Game Pass Ultimate and to Game Pass itself. But, uh, but I'm curious to hear like how much of that part of the ecosystem is going to be something that you're going to really focus in on and and make sure that you know in the same ways that we have all these titles that are going to be a part of that service that that being a part of that layer is going to be a thing where things are going to be optimized for it and work well for that stuff too yeah great question um Listen, the Bungie thing is really special. I mean, I worked with them way back in the day. Uh, for me, it's almost like having them come home to Xbox. I mean, this is a massive partnership. Um, we have so much admiration for what they've created uh, back from the Halo days to what they've gone and created with Destiny now as a fully independent studio where they're taking Destiny 2 um, and Beyond Light. I mean, that we, we love that. So um, we want to partner with them. The fact that, yes, they are going to include Beyond Light uh, when it launches in Game Pass, all the additional uh, previous expansions also in Game Pass. That's huge for Xbox Series X owners. They're going to be fully optimizing it as well uh, in 4K 60, which is what we know our fans want and the Bungie fans want. So we're excited with that piece. And then you're right. They're also saying that we're for Game Pass Ultimate members. You're going to be able to play uh, Beyond Light as well on the go, uh, included in your subscription. So just that's a massive, massive partnership, massive commitment, and we could not be more excited to get to work more closely with Bungie. Uh, we have so much admiration for them. I think there's no, it's not, it's not a huge secret in the industry that Phil spends <laughs> a little bit of time playing Destiny, um, and uh, it was fun just to get reconnected with Luke Smith and Pete and the. Team there uh, we love we have we, we love that i have a lot of admiration for them so it's great to officially be partners on this and be working together on this i mean the reality is is that the, one of the beauties of game pass is that a lot of people that would never buy the game will now get to go play this game and experience what they've created um, that's great for gamers that's great for the developer that's great for the industry um, as you think about streaming on the go we can now cloud stream these console games to markets that don't 
current traditional console markets where people maybe weren't planning on buying a dedicated console gaming device, but have a smartphone. Um, and so for us, you know, that opportunity is huge as well. How can we go create more fans for Destiny around the world? Um, so yeah, it's it's really exciting. Um, and it was a big part of the uh, show. Uh, we, I like you described it as like we kind of slipped it in there, but um, it was the bridge for us. And yeah. you know, we wanted to take a moment, and that's why Sarah set it up and we showed it, and then she kind of closed it with that before we went to other third-party games because it was really, really special. And I think over time, fans will see just just how meaningful that is. Yeah, I was. That was the thing that like my ears perked up, and I turned around. I was like, "Did they just say that?" Like, "Oh, okay, you just snuck that in. That's fantastic." Um, we're running out of time with you for 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 this interview, but I, I think for the folks at home, again, like I, I want to give you the floor to make the case of of why they should be spending their money, you know, during launch. I think a lot of folks are still maybe if they're on the fence and they're still trying to figure out like, what is Xbox going to give me when I wind up getting my new box, and what are going to be some of the the not only games and titles that we're going to see, but the philosophies around, which I think is honestly the most important part about what you're all doing from the, from this kind of large ecosystem perspective. Um, give the folks at home, again, like another reason why why you should be thinking about moving over or staying with uh, Xbox as your, as your console of choice. Yeah, I think, well, first, I think for people that care a lot about power and performance, uh, we are investing in building a console that will be the most powerful console in the market. By a, by a reasonable margin. And so um, you'll get all the next gen upgrades, you know, from instant gaming with the super fast SSD to 12 teraflops of GPU power to, you know, a super upgraded CPU that is just going to deliver frame rates we haven't seen, the ability to instantly switch for multiple games, removing load times, all the next gen hardware goodness. We're going to deliver that and we're going to be best uh, in the industry at that. Um, I would say from a game standpoint, people that want a killer app this holiday built from the ground up to take advantage of all that, we have that with Halo Infinite. Um, so that will be available uh, this holiday with the launch of the system and we'll take full advantage of that. I think from a full philosophy standpoint, and I love that you said that matters probably more than anything, we are putting the player first in everything we do. And so that means uh, we will include all of our first party games at launch included in the Game Pass subscription. Uh, that means that we will let you upgrade to Gen 9 whenever you want to upgrade. Um, we're also going to, for the first time in the history of video game consoles, have four generations of games all playable at launch. So the original Xbox that launched in 2001, the Xbox 360, the Xbox One, and now a new generation of games for Xbox Series X will all be playable day one at launch. In fact, we'll have more than 100 titles optimized this holiday for Series X um, as well. So, I mean, I think that's a pretty compelling reason, um, but also the value you get. Listen, for Game Pass, not everybody can go out right now and afford a $60 brand new game or afford 10, 20, 30 $60 games. We're going to give you all those games included in your subscription. We're gonna keep adding more value, more games. So from a first party standpoint, we have more titles in our pipeline, more games than we've ever had. Um, game Pass keeps getting better and better. Um, so we hope that putting our players first long-term has good benefits and that our fans will stick with us and that we can earn new fans as well. So that's the pitch. Um, hopefully fans uh, know this was one one moment in time we have we definitely have more time between now and launch so people will see more of kind of the full fidelity and full detail of games taking full advantage of all the hardware but i think you got a good sense of uh, a lot of great games coming a lot of stuff to be excited about for this holiday and beyond yeah yeah you, you nailed it that's a great 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 overview of, of all the things that people should have an expectation for once they get their their console and ready to go um last and and final request that I will ask of you since I have you here is can we get a way to perma ban Paris Lily from uh, Xbox Live because of his cooking? Um, I would love to figure out a way if we could just ban his IP because of his terrible ribs. And I would just love to know if you have any are, are his ribs that bad? I didn't realize this was such an issue. I mean, I mean, we've been we've been having this this internet faux beef uh, about beef uh, on the internet okay. for for a long time, and and I would say, as a as a personal friend, you Aaron, I would say, please yeah. don't ever eat his food, don't eat his ribs, because I, I care about your health. Friends don't let friends eat Paris's ribs. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> 
I just, just want to make sure I got that right. Oh, I'm getting that's a shirt now. That has to be a shirt. Yeah. Anyway. I mean, I, this is this is the kind of like life advice I need, Cleve. So, uh, yeah, this is great. Um, by the way, I love Paris. I have known Paris from way back in the day, and uh, oh, I love his perspective on stuff. I love his insight on stuff. Uh, but I'm going to say right now, I'm not sure about his ribs. And so uh, I think you've really raised an important point that we should think about. Um, of course, you know, at Xbox, we always value gaming for everyone. We want everyone to be invited in the gaming community. But I'm not sure that includes Paris's ribs. Um, so uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe we should we should follow up on that. I'm glad you flagged it. Um, now, can I just ask you like your yeah. ribs, like how do they compare and contrast? Like what are the differences? Oh, I mean, well, mine are actually cooked with seasoning and uh, they actually oh, taste so more dry rub. You're a dry rub. Is he, he I mean, he's a, he, you know, I, the, the best way, sauce on it. I mean, the best way I could uh, compare, you know, my ribs to his ribs is if you've ever played carry on, his ribs look like the character from carry on that you play and move around the screen a lot. Um, so that, that's the best way I can describe, you know, his, his food tactic as opposed to mine, but, um, I won't keep you, uh, you've had a long day. You've knocked it out of the park today. I think you all did a fantastic job of showcasing not only what we should be expecting to see in the future, but again, you know, I am, I am blown away by the value that you're going to be offering folks at home, the ability to cross generational, uh, uh, cross-generationally kind of move between ecosystems and, and do all those things. And and again, that, that point that you hit about just like opening up what you're going to be able to do to folks that may not even have a console through xCloud is brilliant. And again, the work that you and, and Phil have been doing over the past couple of months to, to bridge that gap and to give people at home something really exciting to look forward to. I'm, I'm super excited for what's coming down the line. So Aaron, thank you, fam. I appreciate appreciate that, Khalif. Uh, I'd love just to return the favor and say, I love what you've done for Spawn on Me. Um, It's been it's been awesome seeing so many folks help shine a platform, shine a spotlight on what you're doing in the community, and give you a bigger voice and a bigger platform. Uh, We need to do that as an industry. We need to do more of that as an industry. Uh, You're one of many voices and examples of people industry that are creating great content uh for gamers all uh, of all types all over the world and so uh it's just awesome because it makes my heart warm to see uh folks doing that and supporting and seeing your follower count go up and <laughs> well i've been there from the early days uh it's great <laughs> great to see that uh you having your moment and more people hopefully having their moment as we grow gaming uh in a positive direction yeah man thank you oh, thank you so much for that that means that means a lot coming for you i i have been a fan of, of your work and everything you've done in this space for a very long time so to have that compliment come from you is it means a whole lot um aaron again thank you so much for your time man we'll, we'll be bugging you more uh down the line when things get closer to launch and and, and talking to you about all the things that are going to be coming out soon um and again thank you so much for, for taking the time today awesome thank you good to connect same Welcome back to the Spawn Me podcast. Thank you so much to Aaron Greenberg for coming and rocking with us, man. Like I tell you, you know, yo, Paris, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta literally eat that <laughs> and deal with it. Um, but again, I, I think the things that I come away from that interview thinking again is just like they are figuring things out in a way at a breakneck speed that we are not ready for yet. I think we're going to see and we're going to hear, and it was great to hear Aaron talk about the philosophy of what they're trying to do, as opposed to just the kind of very binary, you know, we put a thing out and then they put a thing out. We put a thing out then they put a thing out. Like it's not about that anymore. And I think that to a certain extent that leverage gives Microsoft a huge advantage to not only own the console space, but to own the mobile and PC space. I thought, I think his commentary about Folks who don't even have the console will be able to enjoy Xbox titles in a way that they haven't been able to do before because they have it through the cloud. So if you even don't want to buy an Xbox Series X, of course they want you to, but if you don't even buy an Xbox Series X, but you still have a Game Pass subscription, Game Pass Ultimate subscription, you'll be able to play those things on your mobile devices, on your iPad, on your laptop, on your iPhone. That's crazy. That's madness. so again, like, I think they had a, a pretty good showing. I think it was pretty good. I think that they, um, they did everything they needed to do to kind of get things out the box and, and showcase that stuff. Um, I think that was really interesting and, and, and well done. 
Um, and again, like bravo to them for putting on a good show during COVID. Like it's not easy to be able to do that stuff. And it's not, it's not easy to be able to gather up all those folks and make everything look good and, and, and knock it out of the box. So massive shout out to the folks over at Xbox. Fantastic job crew. Uh, uh, proud of y'all. I did a good job, <laughs> but, um, yeah, we're going to get up out of here for now. I think, uh, you know, there wasn't a lot of news this week in terms of that kind of stuff. Um, I started playing carry on. So I'll have some thoughts about that as well. Uh, fall guys, which just came out, they're going to be on PS plus, uh, you know, for the mark for the month of April, uh, August. I can't, I don't know what days are in time are anymore. Uh, they'll be free for the month of August, which is a fantastic game that everyone has been playing. Who's been streaming it. I called it first saying that fallout guys was going to be dope. And I don't care what nobody else says. Cause I said it first. Cause I was the one at the digital booth. A devolver digital booth and said it to the folks directly. I said, your game is going to be fantastic. Um, again, make sure you're checking out our stuff on our merch channel, uh, bit.ly, uh, slash some merch S O M M E R C H. Uh, make sure you're doing that. Uh, we have a fantastic show next week with the president of games for, uh, color. No, not color change. The president of games for change, uh, Susanna Pollock is going to be on the show. Uh, we did a pre-recorded interview with her that we'll release uh, next week. Uh, and I'm sure that there'll be some games and stuff within the mix as well during that time. We'll also be co-producing and working with the dope folks over at the IGDA Foundation, uh, working with them, the folks over at Shack News. Uh, we're going to be doing a eight-hour stream on Friday uh, to be able to help them gather some money so that they can help devs from all around the world become better devs uh, and do that kind of work as well. Also, I am going to be hosting and emceeing GDC summer. Uh, so that, in, that, in, got in, that, sorry, that information got shared last week, uh, early in the week. Uh, and it was really nice to see all the love from everybody sharing out that uh, they were super excited for me and really happy about that stuff. So big things are happening in Bricago. We're still moving forward. We got lots of things happening as well. And, um, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun uh, pushing out dope content for you all uh, and making things happen. So until next week, we will see you all again. Stay safe. Be well. Try to not do anything nuts out here. Treat each other well. Uh, eat some pork belly if you eat pork because pork belly is fantastic. And uh, again, as Aaron Greenberg said, friends don't let friends eat Paris's ribs. Mad love to you all. Peace.